0: you all. Uh, This is Robert, Charles, and Shante with Life Nation. We're here to uh, share with you some more of the teaching series that we've been dealing with regarding Invasion of the Soul Snatchers. Last week was really, it was, (laughs) last week was intense. It was a great opening, you know, opening game (laughs) for this whole series that we're dealing with. And I tell you, the more we get into it, the more uh, hopefully that you all will see what God is saying in the heart of what we're dealing with in this hour. So let me just open up with a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for life. Thank you for health. Despite whatever is going on in the world, pardon me, Lord, we pray that you would just bring strength and life and hope to people. On this day, Lord, we pray for Hawaii and Maui, the area that has been like totally devastated by fire. Lord, we pray that you would just bring hope and revitalization and not just hope, but resources, replacements, restoration to the people of Maui and affected areas. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that those who would hear this message today and hear this part two of the series would be deeply, deeply impacted, even as I have been and our family has been. Lord, those who have not heard the very first one, let them hear the replay in the name of Jesus and be inspired to, to understand what the essence, the critical red flag is of this hour. In the name of Jesus, we pray and give you glory and honor. Amen. All right. So, here we are. Invasion of the Soul Snatchers. We're on day two. Day two. I mean, session two. It's amazing what we're dealing with because um, just talking about this, Lord gave us warnings back in 2015 about some things that are going to occur in the nation and in the earth and Less than eight years later, um, things have have played out Mm -hmm. virtually to to the exact T. And it's amazing that living a life prophetically, understanding the season and the times, and being a seer, understanding and knowing the times and the seasons, it can be quite difficult sometimes because you you see things beforehand And you bring up what the heart of the spirit is saying, and we pray that people get it. But those who do not want to get it, they will get it either now or later, just like the candy, okay? So anyway, I pray that you hear what's being said, and you take heed and just really um, go before the Abba Father in your own way to realize what is actually happening so we can protect our hearts and our minds and our souls because this series invasion of the soul snatchers some God gave me it's a dream like we said in the beginning that was given to me like 24 25 years ago that's the thing that's so amazing how was it that 25 years ago i got a very intense dream several parts is literally like a like almost like a feature movie um and it was so intense, it still has shaken me up even till this day. So let's get into part two of this lesson, uh, of this teaching, and we we'll go from there. All right. Now, let me just reiterate soul. What is a soul? A soul is the spiritual essence of a person. In a very quick review, which includes one's identity, one's personality, someone's senses, Keep that in mind. Senses, you know, you have five senses. Even a sixth sense, or some people think. Will, I mean, it's determination, um, your intelligence, knowledge base, and your memories, your history. Okay, it's the um, immaterial aspect of a, or evidence of the essence of a living being. Okay, and there's emotional. And there's intellectual energy that's usually revealed in work of art or performance. So that is a soul in in effort. So when we talk about invasion of the soul snatchers, we have things out there that want to snatch your spiritual essence. Things out there that want your identity. You know, name, image, likeness. We know we have the big story about that. Well, it's a whole new level of what we're going to have to encounter to protect your name, your image, and your likeness versus the name, image, and likeness of others. Okay, um, there's things that want to snatch your intelligence. They want to snatch your memories. <sighs> so, these things we have to deal with. Now, invasion of the snow snatch- soul snatchers. What is this invasion? Okay. Um, The word that god gave me for this next portion of the series is to give clarity to this thing is the very word programming that's a key word that i want us to really keep in the roots of this teaching and in our thoughts all right programming as far as what we want to put in the limitations of the definitions because multiple definitions but for the purpose of what we're sharing today it is Programming refers to the technological process for telling a computer which task to perform in order to solve a problem. Now a problem, this the Lord gave me, a problem has to be defined. That is subjective. (laughs) The Lord gave me the big thing that a problem literally is considered some subjective to what the programmer is preparing for, okay. Um, Secondly, let's look at this. Programming is a collaboration between humans and computers in which humans create instructions for a computer to follow It's about programming we have to deal with. It's a collaboration between humans and computers. Humans create instructions for a computer to follow, which means that someone puts information in, the computer goes on autopilot with what that is being programmed. So if the computer is programming to take your identity, your name, image, likeness, to take what is considered human and let it run on autopilot without human interference, that is what we're dealing with today. As was made clear last week, technology, steel, plastic, electronics, these things do not have any morality to them. They are products of the earth. We have to understand it's about what things are programmed to do. Okay, and another quick nutshell let's look at this here. Um, as we're talking about artificial intelligence, is one of the key things that we're dealing with in this age now. Okay, um, and not, let me tell you what artificial intelligence, we reiterate what that is it is a machine's ability to perform cognitive functions as humans do. Okay? Now, as we said last week, the founders of AI, here are the founders of AI. Okay? Y'all were born like in the 1920s and, you know, the teens or whatsoever. Got it? There we go. All right. So, we understand programming is what these human beings put into the computer to do. So, you have to understand when somebody programs something, they program it based upon their world views and their personal desires. Okay?
1: Say that one more time.
0: Programming, you got to understand, people program things based upon their world view and their subjective desires. Okay? That's very important to understand. all right? So when we say programming, people, like we said last week, these men were came to their prime in their invention and their development of this tool in the height of the Jim Crow era of the United States of America. The worldview during the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and 50s being the benchmark season for the birthing of AI, is what many people want to go back to, which was a place of prolific oppression of human beings without any punitive recourse. So we have to understand the framing of how this programming has come to in this time now that we're in 2023, some 70 years later, okay? Now look at this. (sighs) Go back and listen to part one. I I don't want to reiterate so many things I talked about last week. But anyway, there was an attorney um, down south that said something very profound and it really, really stirred me up a bit. It talks about um, she was doing professional headshots um, and this attorney says, it says, y'all do not sleep on AI. She said, no more working out, no more salons, no more professional photographers, no more poison face injections. Just pure, adulterated, artificial beauty, as long as you never leave your house. And the thing that got me said that, level up to AI fraud. (laughs) That That just took me out, based on what the dream guy gave me years ago. So before I get into what I want to share really in detail, I want to give you a little example of what she's talking about. You see this here? Look at these here. These are 100% AI social media influencers. 100% AI. Hold it up for you. So I want you to get that in there. These are human, these are Computer-generated humanity. You have one being Liam, who's a the top influencer in Japan. You have one who is Knox Frost, who's a top influencer out of Atlanta area. <laughs> you have one who is Mila Sophia, which is out of Helsinki, Finland area. One is uh, and this is the one that gets me, Lil Michaela. She was actually given designation by Time Magazine as one of the top influencers on the internet. Time Magazine's backed. And there's another one, Zoe Platinum, who was in L.A., but apparently moved to Brooklyn. And these are 100% computer-generated.
1: So you don't know who's behind the image.
0: You don't know who's behind the image. And you have the one from Atlanta. He looks to be a person of color, very pale, based on AI algorithms. All right? So this what we have to understand. <laughs> Little Michaela, she is a support of Black Lives Matter and the LGBTQIA+. She's like really heavily invested in that. AI base. Over 3 million followers, okay? These, the thing that gets really interesting, that these completely computer-generated simulation of humans, they have accounts where you can pay to keep them employed at your service. Cash App, PayPal, Patreon... What they are doing is, as we look at the research, they are there to cash in upon those who are desperate. Those who want company, those who want attention, those who want whatever it is, and they're there for you. They say even one of them has 18,000 significant others. 18,000 significant others. So in other words, this one AI-generated individual has 18,000 significant others who swear that that is their spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, all right? So here is a passage of scripture I want to share with you in light of all of this, okay, before I get into it. It says here, um, Romans 8, 15, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as mm-hmm. sons and daughters which we cry abba father so in essence there is one true father of all the true and living god who was created us in his image and his likeness made us out of flesh and blood, gave us identities, gave us personalities, gave us DNA, gave out of 7 billion, 8 billion people now, and that's just currently, and think about all the human beings ever existed in the human earth, in the human age, no one had the same fingerprint. That's how wonderful the Heavenly Father is. So what happens is, this is what the Lord gave me, the Father does not desire us to be enslaved to technology. We do not need to have technology to be our master and dictating to us how we think and how we move about in our daily lives. These influencers, what is an influencer? An influencer is someone who, who kind of leads the way for you to follow? Also known as a master. Lord, claim me that politics and religion has had a chokehold in our life and wellness for millennia. Okay? Um, getting free from those limiting vehicles of politics and religion. Is what Christ came and sacrificed himself for. To get us off of the nipple, excuse me, off of the essences or the milk, the tainted milk of politics and the tainted milk of religion. When you look at the religious and the political leaders who came after Christ, they wanted control over the, they wanted to the influence over the people. They wanted the influence over the people. They worked Diligently through laws, through control, and through brainwashing so that they can influence the people to follow their lead. Well, the same thing is now happening in the digital age. Exact same M.O. Profit.
1: So the question then becomes, who or what are you following? Do you even know what you're following? And is it real?
0: So this is where we are, okay? Look at this. There are several, the latest artificial intelligence technologies. I want to get into this. The first one is natural language generation. <laughs> this is where the machines are programmed to com- communicate, to effectively communicate what's in the human brain. It converts data into native language. They use algorithms to put forth natural sounding language that's completely artificial and automated. That's one thing they do. You have a thing called speech recognition so that the computer can, and we even see this all the time now, they can determine your voice. The sound and intonation of your voice. A lot of security systems are using this speech recognition for the basis of access to various things. So in other words, your voice is no longer your own once you give it over to a computing system. They have things called virtual agents where a computer interacts instead of human beings. You see that happening all over the web. A digital assistant, you know, someone who comes in to act like they're your friend and want to talk buddy-buddy with you. And It's all computer-generated. Yeah, what's the biggest thing, That's the biggest alarm, and this is what really, really goes into the dream, which I'll share in just a minute, is that decision management is one of these goals, one of the pushes. It's for the computers to make decisions, to make decisions, to make decisions, to avoid risk, to make decisions to help better automation, to make decisions that help business to perform better. Now, what is the basis of these computing decisions being made? Someone has to program these decision-making processes. So when you have a programmer says that, well, you make a decision that if you want this type of workforce, these are the people that you want in this force, workforce. If they're not these type of people, they don't even get a chance in the galaxy to get access for the opportunity into whatever it is that's being decision-made,
1: profit. So I will give an example of the decision management um linkedin profiles which people often use for job applications because of the way that the algorithms are programmed if you have any gap in your employment Mm -hmm. they automatically disqualify they automatically dump your application from the process that is a decision management that they have programmed their algorithm to reject any application that has a gap in its employment. So say you were ill or say you took time off or say you took time off to travel. It doesn't factor in the why of your employment gap. It just simply sees a gap and it deletes your application.
0: So this will happen, these decisions are being made. Decisions are being made for access to opportunity. So if you don't fit within a description or the programming boundaries for this opportunity, you'll never get it. And even recruiters and headhunters have gone into decision management AI to bring people into certain fields. So if your program, if you're outside of the realm of what this program is, what this system is programmed to do which is not evil in itself. Computers are not evil. is what they is what the humans put into it. So if the humans put into this thing to auto generate that you don't have my you know people of color for the opportunity. Matter of fact there is a lot of research on this. There's an MIT graduate who did a whole uh, did a documentary about the black box of AI causing, they don't even know how it is creating this racism and bias. They don't even know how it was even happening because the code was programmed in and the auto generation builds upon that subjective nature of what was programmed into it. This is what we have to understand what we're dealing with profit.
1: And so they call it the black box. Just to clarify, they call it the black box because it is the part of the programming that does the- that even the programmers don't know how it's happening.
0: Right, right. So that's one more thing. Another uh, uh, technology and artificial intelligence is biometrics. We know how that is. Your eyes, you know, um, know, fingers, hands, whatever, the different parts of the human body that get intertwined into machines. If you look at a lot of intelligence agencies that deal with crime and whatsoever, they use biometrics. There's a big issue in... in, um, in Europe where they had cameras all over the place, and what happens is they were taking people's eyes and their hands or their movements and their bio- and the and the human nature of what they are, putting it into an algorithm and making people criminals who were not. Matter of fact, I remember this situation where there was this teenage boy, I think he's fortunate or fifteen, that was stopped by the police because he was flagged through AI biometrics. That he was a criminal, and the guy was just trying to go to school with a backpack, and a young boy was traumatized, African American, African European, excuse me. All right, so here we go. Here we go. Let me go back without. Long- go ahead, Prophet. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say, um, recently, just four days ago, mm-hmm. um, there was an AI facial recognition that falsely identified a pregnant woman as a wanted criminal, and mm-hmm. she was jailed because of that false recognition
0: so what happens when I go let's go back to the beginning the founders of AI they programmed this stuff during the height of the Jim Crow era okay so in the Jim Crow era you had a certain subjectivity where this that and this is evil and verse this this and this is pure and good so you take those subjective natures and you put it into a computing system then all of a sudden, the computer's going to auto-generate things based on those subjectivities. And like I say, in this um, AI intelligence, like the machine learning blog that I'm looking at and reading and studying from, is that the objective and future goals of AI are to automate all complex human activities. And eliminate errors and biases. Now think about this. To eliminate errors and biases is based on people's subjective natures. So someone can look at me and say that you are an error to our system. So therefore we need to eliminate you out of our system. And you don't even have no, you don't and there's no recourse to deal with things once we go into all digital systems, okay? So, let's pause right there. We're 27 minutes in. I didn't expect to go this far at this point. But let's get into what God gave me in 1998, 99, the turn of that year. Whew, this is a chain that's based on AI. It was way back before people even had that term in their brain, outside of Star Trek which would be considered being fake. All right. Here's scene one. There's like several scenes. I can't go through them all, but I'll go through this first scene. All right. The very first scene in this dream that I had was that there were great, massive size concentration camps. It was a real... Like it, it, I mean, it was human existence, but it it wasn't like apocalyptic apocalyptic, lictic. Hold on, let me get my tongue right. But it was almost like literally like how it was during the time of COVID in the highlights. You had so many people clammed up into a certain environment, and it's, it was like a desperation to make sure that you're a part of this large camp, because if you weren't in this camp, you wouldn't be able to survive. Okay, that was the kind of the intensity and the imagery behind that dream. Okay, um, and they were gathered in these these um, camps, these large camps of concentrated human beings all over. They were gathered on what looked like college campuses. These campuses they had, you know, buildings that looked like from the seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, nineteen hundreds. You know how it is. A lot of universities and colleges that were. Birthed out in the 18th and 17th century, particularly in the United States, um, that is what the image is looking at. And when you think about college campuses, I mean, you have 40 to 60 thousand people on different campuses. Okay, so these camps can hold a lot of people at one time. All right. Now, what happens is the thing that was so interesting about it that these hundreds of thousands, even up into the millions of people on these different campuses. They were representations of all races, creeds, and cultures, like a big melting pot on each one of these campuses. Okay, so basically, that was the uh, essence of scene one. All right. Now, when I go into it, there's some that the Lord gave me. I'm gonna give you this passage. It is out of Revelations 13 and 2. Let's look at this. It says, um, and this is what's really critical here. Revelation 13, people think it's a fairy tale. People think it's the end of the world things. But, you know, the book of Revelation is not to be feared. It's to be understood for its symbolic nature. The symbolic nature of Revelation 13, it says, The beast I saw resembled a leopard. His feet were like those of a bear. The mouth was like that of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. Okay? So let me just tell you something. Without getting all spooky on people and going to all these deep end because there's been a lot of misinformation given, especially through uh, uh, Christian broadcasting and all that stuff. This is what the Lord gave me to share with you. Is that the college campuses represented, represents, A global retraining and reconditioning of the mind. Because college campuses represent a place for higher learning. Well, at this point, there was a type of learning that you had to encounter in order to continue your human existence. All right? Your mind had to be reprogrammed, had to be retrained, reconditioned. All right? And what happens is... The uh, reconditioning came from social, religious, business, and political leadership. And each one of these four elements, social, religious, business, and pol- politics, were a basis. They use a godlike authority as an underlying of why you need this reconditioning. all of mankind is being represented whether you're a believer or not in this new system okay now like we said earlier in the beginning programming is how humans interact with computers and how computers generate based on human programming the thing that the lord put in my heart about this is that this college campuses was a place where their the programming was at its highest Levels of function, economic, political, and technological-based systems were utilized for the programming. All right. Now, this the part that's really interesting. When it refers to the beast in there, we're not talking about some kind of animal that's going out eating and being like a Godzilla or you know some kind of King Kong. That's not what we're dealing with. When it, it talks about aspects of an issue, a leopard. The beast talked about being a leopard. A leopard is a hunter. It is one of the stealthiest creatures. Very sneaky. It's an excellent climber and it knows how to ascend. So we're not talking about a real leopard. We're not talking about some ugly, bloodthirsty beast. We're talking about a system of how to attract or to sneak and get what they desire out of people. It knows how to ascend. So this is a mode of operation that's being utilized through programming They make programming look very stealthy. You know, programming becomes an issue where, you know, they don't come out and full disclosure about what this programming is, or they give you an abundance of disclosure where you don't have time to understand the 45 pages of documentation (laughs) based on that programming, like signing up for a phone or getting an account of something, all right? Now, look at this. A bear, they said they had feet were like a bear, feet. The foundation of this thing was like a bear. A bear, the significant aspect of a bear, it knows how to hibernate. It knows how to sleep for long periods of time. So you think that it's not active. It's nocturnal. It roams at night. And it also is an excellent climber. So when we look at it, most Programming, even going back to mainstream media, the majority of programming was there to capture attention during your sedentary hours of the evening. Quote unquote, prime time and beyond. All the late night shows, yet millions of people, millions of viewership during late night shows. Johnny Carson, remember all that stuff? So, what happens when you look at hibernation and being nocturnal, a lot of things about programming is there to help capture your attention while you're just about to go into a state of sleeping. A lot of times right before you rest, your heart and your soul becomes open because you're at a position of rest. Your brain has calmed down for the day in most cases, and you're about to get into a state of rest, so you, therefore you're open, you're like an open sponge That's why they call it prime time. That's where most of the programming comes in. That's what the bear aspect is representing. Bear hug. Think about it. Why do they call it a bear hug? It's a hug you cannot get released from. All right? Now, the other thing that Lord put on my heart about that, we look at this thing about a lion. A lion is the most social of all the big cats. It has a big mouth. <laughs> its voice can be heard for miles and miles away. It has a lot to say. We think about it, social media is like a lion who roars. Social media has the biggest mouth of influence pretty much upon the human soul in this day and this age. How does one company
1: have seven billion clients and just keeps creating more and more teeth to their platform
0: and cutting more and more teeth to their platform. So this, we have to understand this here. We have to realize that the beast is not a monster It's programming. Programming is there to capture the human spirit. They want the human spirit to be subjected to the programmed systems of those who founded this technology. When you look at, for example, the two most horrific aspects of uh, pretty much of history, some of the most prolific, was the transatlantic chattel slave trade and the Holocaust out of Germany? Those are two of the most prolific areas of darkness when it comes to the heart and soul of man. Guess what? In both cases, the programming, there was programming involved to snatch the soul of the person before they took their bodies the transatlantic slave trade, you had colonizers who came who felt like they had a God source of power given to them by papal you know, decrees that they can go to other lands and indoctrinate the people, give them something religious so you can take their lives from them. If you study the transatlantic slave trade, they came in as to be someone to help (laughs) people become better people when really they were trying to ensnare people from the day one. Prophet.
1: So I want to go back to this idea of programming because as you said, programming is about capturing the human spirit in their essence. And we might be asking the question today, well, why? What is, what is wrong with that? Or why is it a problem? How can this create a problem for me as a human being? Well, if you understand the essence of this programming, it is literally to replicate you.
0: Exactly.
1: It is literally to duplicate you and to replicate and duplicate you out of your usefulness exactly out of your meaningfulness Mm -hmm. and out of your purpose as an existent life form so why do i need a real person why do i need a real human friend if i can have these simulated human friends. Why do I need the real? What is the purpose behind the real? Well, we know what the purpose behind the real is because Jesus said what? (laughs) I am the way, the truth, Truth. or the reality, Uh and the life. So when you move away from the real and the true you're actually moving away from the foundation of what makes you divine. The bottom line
0: is this, the programming, those who made this programming, like we said last week, those who knew that God created everything, but they didn't honor God in that creation. And they came up with their own imaginations, which were continually evil. So what happens, you have people's the whole understand this. for people to program digit, something into a digital space and have that digital space to influence your life means that those who put the programming in, they are the ones who benefit from your fellowship. And they use computing systems to help break down the barriers of the soul and the senses. If something can attract your senses, your eyes, your ears, what you hear, what you see, what you smell, what you taste. These senses, once you break down these senses, once computing systems understand how the human, you know, how the humans work these senses, and they come in and do computing to adapt, to grabbing your senses, Then they have broken down barriers to your soul. And then what happens is we think about it. This Lord keeps giving to me. Initially, it's starting with social media influencers. What happens when you start having governmental political leaders who are completely AI? What happens when you start having ministerial leaders? who are 100% AI and have fellowship, and you give the money to these organizations and people. And they are give you information based on some programming and they're not real. But you believe it's real because your senses, your wall of senses have been broken down to where you can't just decipher what is real from what is fake. So that attorney who made that statement that fraud The material misrepresentation of something has become the norm in an effort to influence the masses. So anyway, I'm going to pause right here because this is a lot to take in. I know that people say, well, you're looking like a very negative take." Upon the AI, we're not here to be negative about technology. We are here to let you understand the truth behind the programming of various technologies. Do not sell your soul to technological advancements.
1: Do not sell your soul for a one and a zero. Because that is the calculations that they use, that the programming they use is all zeros and ones.
0: God has made you so much greater. Christ died on that cross and rose again on the third day so you can be free from those who try to program you and to put you into a place of limitation.
1: You are more than a set of numbers.
0: You are more than a set of numbers. Your genuine DNA and the soul that God has given to you, because God said all souls are mine, has so much creative power, has so much diversity to it, that if you use it, then you become, you're not replaceable. Don't put yourself in a position to be replaced by that which is computed. People look at, well, well, these AI programs can make workload a lot easier. Well now we have look at all the different grocery stores or or retail outlets that have twenty plus registers and only three registers open. There is a specific specific reduction in the need for the humans to help engage you in the marketplace.
1: And the reality is, if you look at those marketplaces that, are, that have made those transitions, you still see there is a human need, but they are choosing not to fill it.
0: And when you have no humans to counteract, to counteract these digital spaces, you begin to have more frustration in the land. Many people can relate to the fact that if a certain social media decides to block you out of a certain community because of you violating this a standard, I'm like, how am I violating the standard just by talking about something very natural and very, there's nothing evil about it, but what happens when you have algorithms that have been programmed based on certain subjectivities, therefore you say, well... We want to make sure, like for example, you want to make sure that children in impoverished areas have access to quality health care and education. So if you put a system into the computer based on program that you know we only need quality health care and high education for a certain select group, then you're causing more. Oppression because the when, when it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only God, and send that whosoever believes in him should not perish. Well, AI doesn't do that, it doesn't love everybody, it doesn't want everything, it only wants what it is programmed to want. And if you're out of, outside of that want and that subjection, then life will become very decimated for you. Understand, yes, you might be able to work a little faster with marketing because using computer-generated AI. Yes, you may be able to come up with these polished images for, for you know, um, a headshot. But it doesn't look real when you start getting into real human spaces. And one thing that truly, truly aggravates the human heart is fraud. <laughs> in many cases, people don't defraud it until it's so far along that there's no return from it. As a matter of fact, I was just looking at a story where there are people who are defrauding funeral homes. They're posing as funeral homes or fu- are funeral caretakers in order to get money from those who have recent deceased people and trying to go through the process of burials or cremations and swindling of people their money. and They look real. Mm-hmm. Look at Bernie Madoff. How much money that was swindled, how many billions were swindled from investors who thought what he had was real. Now take that and put it into a digital space and what kind of court is going to bring jurisdiction over digital spaces? There is not going to be one.
1: And one of the reasons is that, again, as Martin Luther King warned, he warned us that there would come a time when technology would outpace morality. When technology, the things that people are building, would outpace their ability to put in those ethical constraints to it. And right now, there really aren't ethical constraints in AI.
0: for example if something has happened to you in a digital space how much frustration have you had to deal with in order to get your rights restored back there's almost no recourse you're at the mercy of whatever this system that's computer generated is programmed to do and many have encountered this so these are food, this is food for thought. Understand invasion of the soul snatchers. You are free to do what you desire to do. But understand, don't let your heart be drawn into that which is fraud. That's the message. There's more into the dream which you get into it. There's, a, there's light at the end of this tunnel. But in order to see that light, <laughs> there's going to be some deep programming that must occur for you to be able to live the light and the life that Christ desires for you to have so on that we're going to close out for today I'm going to have Prophet give us a closing prayer or remarks if she desires and we'll go from there. God bless you. Mm-hmm.
1: So, good afternoon. Hopefully you have heard the message on today. Um, There is a lot to think about. The one thing that I want us to pray over is ethical constraints and ethical considerations. Because, um, as we know, there is lots of things being released, as Pastor already went over, right? There's lots of things being released But the release of those created technologies is having a lag in the ethical considerations around those technologies. There is an organization, if you're interested in finding out more about how people are trying to bring in the ethics and hold companies and programmers accountable, there is an organization called the Algorithmic Justice League. They are one of the only organizations of its kind right now that is actually doing the legwork when it comes to what we're talking about today. So let us close out in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness today. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your loving kindness. We pray, Father God, that this message, this very unique message that is dealing with the systems that we operate in and the systems that nations and that countries are engaging in and increasingly engaging in father we pray that we be of a mind we be of a heart we be of a soul and spirit to not allow ourselves to be deceived not allow ourselves to be drawn into something without a sense in a mind of discernment help us to be able to discern what is real and what is true from what is false help us to make wise decisions with the tools that are coming on to the scene help us father god to be discerning and use discretion with what we want to partake in and should partake in versus the things that don't have those ethical constraints um attached to them. Father, help us to not be drawn away by being overtaken or becoming addicted to the technologies that are being released. Help us to have boundaries within our lives, within our soul, within our spirit. And remind us today, Father, we pray that this message has reminded us today that we are more than a number. That we are more than a cog on a wheel. That we are living souls. Cared for, loved, nurtured, appreciated, designed by the divine. And so, Father, we thank you for this word today. I pray that we would take it in, receive it, think on these things, and do our due diligence to... Study to show ourselves approved as we continue to seek the truth in all things. It is in your son Jesus name that we pray. It is in your son Jesus name that we believe and we receive. Amen and amen. Listen, if this message has encouraged you, given you insight today, you learned something that you did not know, we encourage you to support what we do here through giving all of our giving information is located on our pages if you'd like to give in as we are um, broadcasting, you can always give through our cash app dollar sign life nation. We are real people. <laughs> uh, with real concerns and cares for things as far as our community. So anything that you give would go towards supporting our local in our global ministry efforts. We want to thank you for your time and attention. Be well, be light, and take care of your soul, body, and spirit. God bless you.